For more information, you can check out my website, talkwithfrancesca.com. And if you want my weekly truth serum, sign up. I'm getting some interesting feedback from that. You can also send me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com with questions or comments. I love, love, love to hear from you, as always. You can also find me on Facebook where you can send me questions if you'd like to chime in. So we're going to get started. Seven, it's a small number, but losing just 7% of your body weight could prevent type 2 diabetes, dramatically improve it, and in some cases even reverse it. To the roughly 26 million Americans who have diabetes and 79 million with prediabetes, that little seven is a big deal. But don't expect a quick fix weight loss. Dr. Osama Hamdi, medical director of the world-renowned Jocelyn Diabetes Center, is here with us today. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Hamdi. It is my pleasure, Francesca. So let's just dive right in. What is the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes? You know, uh, it is big difference. Uh, these are uh, basically two different diseases entirely. Uh, type 1 usually uh, occurs in younger age, and the reason for type 1 uh, that for whatsoever reason, uh, the body develops uh, some kind of antibodies that attack the pancreas, which is a gland inside the body that secretes insulin and damage the pancreas. Uh, so most of people with type 1, um, uh, you know, are diagnosed with that disease, and this is the reason. And usually the only treatment for them is insulin. Oh, uh, quite serious. Yeah, exactly. Type 2 is entirely different. Uh, type 2, which is a common type of diabetes, usually occur in people with family history of the same disease, and mostly those people are either overweight or obese. And uh, the disease is not because they are not making insulin, but because their body is not responding to that insulin that they secrete. This situation is called insulin resistance. And that's because they're obese? Yeah, that's because of the fat in their body uh, resisting that insulin, especially I will say the fat around the belly area, the fat in the central area of the body. So in the, the middle. Exactly right. That, 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 belly big, fat. that big pouch, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, you've written a book, The Diabetes Breakthrough. So why is your plan a breakthrough? You know, uh, th this is actually a very good news for a lot of people. Uh, we found in our research uh, over years that when uh, people with diabetes uh, or people who are at risk for diabetes lose uh, just 7% of their initial body weight and maintain that weight loss, uh, the chances for them is if they don't have diabetes to prevent diabetes and if they have uh, type 2 diabetes in a very early stage, uh, uh, they can reverse that course of diabetes. Uh, if they have diabetes for longer duration, they will dramatically improve uh, their diabetes and use less medications. Uh, let me explain why 7% uh, weight loss is extremely valuable. 
Uh, as I mentioned before, most people, when they gain weight, they accumulate fat in the belly area around the central area. And interestingly, that fat is actually the first fat to respond quickly to the weight loss. And that's why in the very early weight loss, you will see dramatic improvement in uh, diabetes control and uh, also a reduction in the number of medications uh, that people will need. So what distinguishes your book from all the other weight loss books out there? I mean, there's just so many of them. I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed on, on weight loss, although I, I have to say the one common thread so often is more protein, less carbs. Is, is that what you also say? Uh, we are not just saying that, but, uh, you know, uh, what differentiates our book from others? Uh, first of all, it is based on uh, nine years of clinical experience uh, in a Joslin Diabetes Center. We have been doing it for all that time. And also 15 years of research in the area of weight management in diabetes. Uh, we are in the book telling stories of uh, actual people who uh, uh, did the program and uh, uh, have the, uh, you know, the outcomes that we are uh, claiming that can be achieved uh, if people read the book and implement the program. These are people who actually listen to their doctors and, and do what their doctors say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, doctors can give them a very nice luxury car. They are in the driver's seat all the time. Right. Uh, you know, I, I speak on myself. You know, I came from a family who everyone around me had diabetes uh, or have diabetes. Uh, I, I personally, I was on a verge to develop diabetes myself and was able to prevent diabetes. So I am uh, putting myself in their shoes as well. Uh, you know, when people get diagnosed with diabetes, they have that sense of guilt, you know, for having disease and then uh, also for being overweight. Uh, in the book, we are giving tools, very easy, simple tools, in a, uh, in a very nice structure over time to help people to use those tools effectively and, uh, you know, overcome um, the diabetes problem and cut their medications. Uh, uh, Dr. Hamdi, the, um, you have uh, started this, the Jocelyn Diabetes Center um, Why Wait program. After nine years, can you talk about some of the successes? Oh, many. Uh, you know, let me first tell you what is the average weight loss that people achieve in the Y weight program. Uh, the average weight loss is around 24 pounds in 12 weeks. Uh, 24 pounds in 12 weeks, so what's that, two pounds a week? So that's, that's, you know, you're not too hungry on losing two pounds a week, I wouldn't think. Oh, yes. You know, uh, you know uh, th this is a dramatic weight loss, but the most important is that it is very consistent weight loss. So we, had been, you know, we have uh, almost 42 groups who did the program over years. They lost in total around uh, 9,300 pounds so far. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yes. And uh, that, that group, uh, you know, the most important that they were able to maintain the weight loss. We have data now up to five years showing that uh, uh, they maintained around 6.4% uh, weight loss for uh, five years. But not only that, more than 50% of those patients uh, were able to maintain the entire weight loss around 9% for up to five years. Oh, fantastic. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca, and I'm speaking with Dr. Osama Hamdi. Um, Dr. Hamdi, what is prediabetes? It's been 
said that by the year 2030, half of all Americans will be classified as obese. Um, so, if, if so, can you sort of talk about the connection between pre-diabetes and obesity? Yes, uh, you know, uh, pre-diabetes. Uh, just for, for a simple definition to your audience, uh, this is someone on the sideline waiting to develop diabetes. Uh, usually, when uh, uh, when people have uh, the diagnosis of pre-diabetes, they develop diabetes. Um, I would say in two to three years. Uh, so it's very important that people get diagnosed, and the diagnosis is very e- easy, uh, easy now. So very simple blood test can diagnose pre-diabetes. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, the link between uh, obesity and diabetes and pre-diabetes, I need this to be very clear. Not every single obese people, uh, obese patient, uh, will uh, develop diabetes. And I specifically said obese patient because now obesity per se is defined as a disease. It is not a condition anymore. It is oh. a disease. If they don't develop diabetes and they're obese or they have obesity, well, then they'll probably develop something else anyway, though, right? I mean, certainly it's a, it's a strain on one's heart, right? It just, it's not going to help if someone has heart disease in their family, right? Yeah, it is, you know, it is many problems. You know, obesity yeah. per se, even if they don't develop diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, it leads to many uh, cardiac problems uh, like uh, heart failure and heart attack and arrhythmias. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get sleep apnea, obstructive sleep apnea. People get uh, osteoarthritis in their joints. Uh, you know, there are many problems, the gallbladder problems, the pancreas problems. There are many problems just linked to uh, obesity itself, even cancer. Cancer, you know, many types oh, right, of right, right. Um, let's uh, just uh, go back just a bit. I'd like to uh, talk about the Jocelyn Diabetes Center Why Weight program. Um, let, let, let's hear a, a, a great success story, something that's really, really fabulous. Oh, you know. We can share uh, with our listening uh, audience. You know, it is a, you know, a story of one of our patients who uh, sent me uh, a greeting, uh, you know, email uh, uh, last January for the new year. I didn't see him for uh, quite some time, and he's telling me that uh, he is still maintaining all that weight loss uh, during the program uh, for over uh, than three years. Uh, he lost uh, approximately around 40 pounds, and he's maintaining them. But th- this is not the most important in the email. He was able actually to uh, do the triathlon. Uh, the, so, uh, you know, uh, doing the Ironman and doing the triathlon is, is, an, is impressive. And uh, quite, he, quite. Uh, he is off medication entirely. Fantastic. Can your Why Weight program at the Jocelyn Diabetes Center assure something different? What is it about the program that makes it unique? Okay. Uh, this very important uh, point, Francesca. I mean, I'm glad that you asked it. You, you know, um, let me explain one fundamental point about weight loss. When you lose weight, you also lose muscle mass. Uh-huh. And in, yes. in reality, yes, in reality, when you lose 10 pounds, uh, three pounds of them, I would say 2.5 to three pounds, around 30% of that weight loss is actually muscle mass. Oh. Now, uh, if you are just on a dietary a diet plan, say whatever diet plan, mm-hmm. most people on diet plan lose more muscle mass. Oh. You know, the problem 
problem yeah. is that people with diabetes lose already, even without being on weight loss plan, some muscle mass every year. Oh, wow. And, that, and, and you lose more weight when you have more muscle, isn't that right? Uh, you lose, yeah, exactly. But you, the, the point is that as you get older, <laughs> you keep losing muscle mass. People lose every year between 300 to 400 grams of the muscle mass every single year. And that's why we need and to tell you're... our listening audience to keep pumping those weights, right? Exactly right. And the problem is that, uh, you know, uh, if you have diabetes or your diabetes is not well controlled, that weight loss can be 450 grams of the muscle mass every year. Oh so goodness. if you have diabetes for 20 years, that means uh, you lost around, uh, you know, at least, a t- you know, 20 pounds of muscle mass. And what does that over, mean? Uh, over what time. Does that actu- what does that actually mean? Yeah, you accelerate that weight loss from the muscle mass if you just go on uh, in regular diet plan. So our aim in the program, in the Y weight program, is how we can keep the muscle mass up and maintain the muscle mass during weight loss. So we developed a model that we increase the amount of strength exercise in a gradual way, in a very easy and simple way to maintain the muscle mass. We also increase the protein a little bit from uh, healthy sources to keep the muscle mass up. So we're able to reduce the amount of loss of the muscle mass to only 10%. So when you look by the end of the program, to how much fat people lost and how much muscle mass, you will find that the ratio uh, is actually in favor of maintaining the muscle mass. Right. Now, right. If, if you were able to maintain the muscle mass, your energy expenditure continue to be high, and that's why you can maintain the weight loss. So, fantastic, uh, Dr. Hamby. What, um, what can you tell our listening audience about things like avoiding triggers, dining out, managing lapses, maintaining ex- uh, success, overcoming exercise barriers. <laughs> I could go on and on. You know, I mean, there's just so many, so many things that that can um, stop us from from taking care of our our weight. You know, and and having a, a, our our prime weight. What can you tell us about that? What can you you know give us some ideas of, of what we can do? Uh, yeah, uh, this is a, a very big question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's start with dining out. Should we start with just when they said, "Would you like some bread?" You just say, "No, thank you." Uh, no, no, it's not that simple as this. You know, uh, <laughs> I know, I realize that. <laughs> but that, but that is a, that is something that I mean, if that bread's on the table, it's just people just go for it. It's hard to kind of stare at that stuff, right? Uh, yes, but yeah. Yeah, let, let me let me explain one one important point, and then I will explain for you exactly what you you should do uh, to you know fight this temptation. So. The fundamental point is that people with uh, overweight and obesity, in reality, are victim uh, are victims of certain abnormal hormones and genes. So there are hormones. There are actually 34 hormones and genes uh, and uh, transmitter, chemical transmitter in the body that actually pushing you to gain weight. So you, you may not know that the desire to eat carbohydrates is, uh, is, ca- is coming from a hormone that tells the brain, you know, that's what I need. Oh. You know, the, yeah, the brain adjusts certain chemicals by what you eat. You know, the amount of carbohydrate, the amount of protein, the amount of fat, your mood can be changed as well. So the brain is actually sending all those signals. And you need to train yourself how you deal with uh, uh, with those signals. 
And that's why we explained the book in a very easy way. When you come to your meal, uh, do what is called hunger scale uh, training. So you come in the scale, you know that uh, one in the scale is when you are starving, and five on the scale when you are stuffed. And in between them, you have hungry, uh, in comfort zone, and full. And try always to ask yourself, at the middle of the meal, I am in the comfort, full, or stuffed uh, situation. And leave the table when you are in the three or four, comfort zone or being full. But, you know, all right, I'm just going to be the devil's advocate here, but you're, you're going out to dinner, and, you know, you have that one glass of wine, and, wine, and then, you know, it seems to change the way we think about food. You know, I, if I go to dinner and I have a glass of wine, then I always want dessert. If I don't have a glass of wine, I can think sensibly and say, no, I'm not going to have dessert. Right? Is there is there some truth to that? Or You know, the, 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 again, uh, you know, uh, the brain uh, adjusts those chemicals uh, all the time. <laughs> uh, and the brain receives signals from your stomach all the time. The brain receives signals uh, by smell, by taste, by visual. The brain receives all those signals and interpret those signals. So, for example, you don't know that if you are sitting, for example, in a noisy place, you eat more. You eat uh you consume significant amount of calories. Mm-hmm. If you are sitting in a well-lit place, you will eat more than if you sit in a quiet, uh, you know, um, uh, quiet dark place. Oh, uh, there's, so, there's so much information here. Your, your book, The Diabetes Breakthrough, I'm hoping that it has all this information in it because we just have a little bit of time left. I assume it does. Uh, yes, the, the book has every single information that people need in the 12 weeks. Um, and it, it, it talks, uh, you know, all, it teaches all those cognitive uh, behavior tools, what you will do in, if you have temptation, if you are going dining out. All these are very, very clear in the book. Um, I have just um, a couple of quick questions, and I actually have some also coming through from Facebook, but I just have one more question myself, and then I want to see if we can take a couple of questions anyway from Facebook. Uh, Not a lot of time, but um, what are some diabetes warning signs other than the scale tipping? You know, the major warning sign is people start to uh, uh, feel thirst more, they drink more water, they go to the uh, restroom more uh, frequent, uh, and they feel hungry more. Uh, These are uh, very early uh, signs. People uh, sometimes feel uh, tired. But diabetes doesn't have many uh, clear symptoms. It is like termite uh, that damage you without uh, seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca, and I'm speaking to Dr. Osama Hamdi, who was the medical director of the world-renowned Jocelyn Diabetes Center. Um, we just have a few minutes left here, but I just want to um, give you a couple questions from our listening audience. Amanda from Haverhill asks, can children get type 2 diabetes? Uh, you know, when I uh, received my training in the 80s, we rarely uh, hear about some uh, uh, young child or adolescent to have type 2, but uh, nowadays, <laughs> more and more, uh, in reality, around 25% of obese kids uh, are uh, actually pre-diabetes, and around 4% of them uh, already have type 2 diabetes. 
Oh, gosh, this is just going to be, we could get onto a whole topic about uh, health care and why diabetes is, uh, you know, what it's doing to the nation's health care costs. But I want to have you answer another question from Donna from Newburyport. She says, I'm pregnant. Do I need to get tested for diabetes? And part B of the question is, will I be able to breastfeed? Uh, uh, let me answer the second one. Breastfeeding is okay. Uh, but, you know, testing for diabetes, there is uh, always uh, uh, a way to test for diabetes uh, during pregnancy. Uh, a physician will, will definitely do it. This is part of the guidelines that uh, most physicians do. And we have a certain type of diabetes called gestational diabetes. And uh, unfortunately, people who develop gestational diabetes and require insulin during that period, uh, frequently they develop uh, type 2 diabetes sometimes later in their life, even if the diabetes disappears after, uh, after labor. Okay. I've just got one quick question, and then I've got to wrap up. My producer's telling me. So Joanne from Raleigh wants to know, mindfulness is such a big deal these days. Is a short, quick 10 seconds. How can we learn to eat mindfully? That's a tough you know, one. Uh, <laughs> Give you 10 seconds to answer it. Okay, 20, 20 seconds. <laughs> you know, in, uh, in eight seconds, uh, <laughs> away as much as you can from the simple carbohydrates. Pardon me? Uh, the simple, uh, finally, finally processed carbohydrates. Thus, try to reduce them as much as you can. Uh, the rest of the meal can, can be fine. Fantastic. Okay, Dr. Osama Hamdi, Medical Director of the Obesity Clinical program at Jocelyn Diabetes Center. Thanks so much for such important information. Where can our listeners go for more information? Uh, you know, we have the Diabetes Brick uh, Through website. It is uh, diabetesbrickthrough.com. And, of course, uh, joslin.org. Uh, it has uh, fantastic information. People can log in and uh, can uh, hear uh, everything about diabetes in that website. And we have also Facebook for, uh, for Joslin uh, website. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It is a pleasure. Okay. All right. We're coming up against a break. When we come back, are children under more stress than ever before? And what is it doing to them when we come back? Take cover. Signs don't show. You drove me. If you're anything like me, your dog is no different than your child. That's why when I need to be somewhere that I can't take my little guy, I bring him to the Playful Pack in Ipswich. There isn't a thing that the Playful Pack doesn't provide to give your furry friend a great day of socializing. They even separate the small dogs from the big. What a relief that was for me. My little guy has a big personality, but he is still only 20 pounds, so I feel so much more comfortable with him playing with kids his own size. And at any time, I can open up the Playful Pack's webcam and see exactly what he's doing. Now, that's maintaining control. Your pet will exercise, play, and rest in a safe, clean, and comfortable environment. So it's kind of a no-brainer whether you want to take your dog when you're not around. Visit theplayfulpack.com or call 978-356-3698 today. You'll be glad you did. Moving into your new home or office is easy when you trust the experienced professional movers of the Brickhouse Moving Company. And if you're looking for dedicated movers who will take the stress out of your next move, Call the Brickhouse Moving Company at 978-278-3578. We serve all of New England, both residential and commercial moves. No job is too small. Doing the move yourself? No problem. Brickhouse Moving can provide you with all the packing materials you'll need. Call us today at 978-278-3578 or visit us online at BrickhouseMovingCompany.com. 
Less than 4.4 seconds. That's how long you have to convince your potential customers to stay on your website before they go elsewhere. With so much competition on the web, it's hard enough to get your market's attention. The only thing harder is keeping it. Web developer and marketer April Ann Francis makes it easy to do both. Boost your business with responsive blogs, social media marketing, WordPress design, custom Facebook pages, e-commerce, Google+, search engine, and mobile presence. Training available. Visit AprilAnnFrancis.com, email April at AprilAnnFrancis.com, or call 413-320-9233. That's 413-320-9233. Need to refresh and renew after a long winter? Your home may need that too. Shed the cabin fever feeling your home has and bring that spring feel in. Professional interior designer Sue Rilovic of the Tristan Design Group will bring her 30 years of experience, expertise, and advice to your home. Call to schedule an affordable in-home consultation now, address your concerns, or let Sue's ideas flow and see where it can take your home. 603-285-3924. 603-285-3924. The Tristan Design Group, your home of the future. 